Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Loudwire Podcast. I'm Graham. I'm Joe. And today we are arguing the most important topic in metal history, probably. Would you say so? Absolutely. Yeah. It is Iron Maiden versus Judas Priest, which is the better band. It's the classic debate. I have this, one of my buddies is a huge Priest fan. He's in the middle of a Priest sleeve right now. Damn. His favorite album is Rockarola. That would be Chris if he's listening. There you go. Shout out. Happy? There you go, dude. Anyway, anytime we hang out, we always end up at the bar hashing out this Maiden Priest debate. So I, I feel like I've been training for the last few years just for this podcast here. Yes, and of course, we could have done this by ourselves. Would have been easy. But it's never going to be easy debating Priest Maiden, dude. True. But we wanted in a real expert on this kind of thing. A guy who's really devoted himself to heavy metal and been a longtime fan for basically ever since Maiden has been around. And probably close to ever since Priest has been around, too. And that is... Don Jameson, uh, awesome comic, and of course, one of the hosts of that metal show from VH1 Classic. That went for like a crazy 13 seasons or something like that. It had an incredible run. Huge, huge run. Great following, great host, awesome show. So, And they did a little bit of debating at the end of every episode, And they too. always did some debating. That was one of the cornerstones of the show. So we're like, hey, Don Jameson wants to come in. He'd be a great debater. We've seen him do it a bunch of times, and... He said yes, and man, he did not disappoint. This this might be the most fun podcast we've done yet for me, just because I'm such a huge maiden dork, and then actually yeah. getting to just flesh out this conversation. Well, I mean, we're all huge dorks, which is why you're listening to this podcast, because you want to hear this argument. You, went, you want in on this debate, too. You do, and we have a comment section for that, so don't be shy. But this podcast left me sweating from the intensity of this debate and going through the many, many, many subjects which have to be considered when you're doing an all-encompassing argument over which band is better, whatever the word better really means. So you're going to hear us go album for album, putting them up against each other as they were released. It gets a little weird once the years start getting stretched out, but... As Don admitted, he's a huge Maiden fan. As I'll admit, I'm a huge Priest fan. He's arguing Priest, I'm arguing Maiden, but that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm just going to go blindly check every single Maiden box on there because Priest are my second favorite metal band. Right. And it's funny because I tried to stay in the middle this entire time. We'll see how that turned out. (laughs) But yeah, this is the ultimate debate comparing every little piece of each band to each other to see which one comes out on top. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Sit down. And shout! Where'd Dio come from? Alright everyone, Loudwire Podcast. We are here with Mr. Don Jameson to debate the eternal struggle between Iron Maiden and Judas Priest, who is the best metal band of all time. Well, you know, maybe not of all time. Just between, between those, those two. two. Yeah, and can we I think it is those two anyway. 
and and yeah, uh, it's Sabbath in the mix. But anyway, let's not let's not throw Sabbath in here right away. Uh, obviously, everyone, communication breakdown: the new record from Don James and the new comedy album. You can't miss it, uh, especially because there's a giant mullet on the cover. Yeah, so it was a, the mandatory New Jersey mullet, yeah. business in the front, party in the back, wanted dead or alive look. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. <laughs> that worked with the chicks in Jersey in 88. Did it really? Kind of. Okay. Maybe it still works for Bobby Blitz. <laughs> well, I think it doesn't have a mullet. That's not a mullet. No, that's, I, just a, that's just a squiggly, uh, raggedy Ann haircut. It could get there. It's his abs. Dude, he's got like a 12 pack, that guy, and he's like 58. Him and yeah. D. Snyder. I don't know what's yeah, happening in that water. I just want to see them water. just go toe to toe. I, know. I, know. I, I, I don't know who I'd ab off. Yeah. <laughs> Have an ab off. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Throw some water on him. I'll like, test him. We got to test him first for PEDs, make yeah. sure that they're clean. Judged by Iggy Pop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, right. original, the original <laughs> six pack man. So, wait, can we just start out by saying. First of all, thank you for plugging the album. I appreciate it. Out on Metal Blade Records. Number two, can we first start out by saying we all three of us love both these bands? Yes. Yeah. Can we both can we say that they should both be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at some of course, point? Absolutely. Of course. Okay. And can we say that you know we're gonna use humor throughout this to make our points? It's nothing personal against either band. If we make a joke, sure thing. And uh, it's no all, Al, no Al Atkins jokes though. It's okay. Then you're right. I, I draw the line. I draw the line there too. No Al Atkins jokes. Okay. If I could do an Al Atkins joke, you could do a Thunderstick joke. <laughs> That's true. Well, there might, I have a feeling there's going to be some Blaze Bailey jokes in here. Oh but again, yeah, yeah. We actually just put up a piece that I wrote: ten reasons why the X Factor is better than you remember. Our boy. All right, let's get it. That's yeah. no better way to get into us than that. Oh, with with the X Factor. <laughs> All, right. All right, so yeah, we'll we'll kick off this debate with Blaze Bailey versus Ripper Owens. Oh, please no. Let's let <laughs> yeah, let's we'll help sit. us out here. Let's, that's for the last few minutes. Darn, start, maybe start with an opening <laughs> statement of some kind. Well, that was my opening statement because I don't want people to get sensitive. And how did you say that about that? You know, and look, you know, at the end of the day, if people like confront me about this podcast and go, "You, how did you say that?" Like, I'll just blame it on one of you guys. So I don't doesn't right. really. I'll take you know, the heat. I did that on that metal show all the time. They go, how come you didn't put Steve Vai in your top five guitar players? I go, I did. No, you didn't. I go, no, Jim is the one that left him out. And then mm. I blame it on Jim, and they'd have to go find yeah. him and pitch <laughs> him. So yeah, pre- uh, Maiden are my absolute favorite band. I got into them with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 when I was in eighth grade. I heard the song Number of the Beast. Priest are my second favorite metal band. Wow. But it's still a pretty far gap between Maiden and Priest because I'm beyond obsessive. My girlfriend understands the best she could ever be is number two. Maiden will always be number one. <laughs> oh, that's rough, yeah. bro. She's going to have to deal with my bar- my ball gargling on the way He's back from kidding. Maiden tomorrow. But I'll, I'll concede that Priest invented heavy metal. We talked to this with Zach Wilde on the podcast. Black Sabbath are really like just their own genre. When you look at traditional heavy metal, you look at the twin guitar attack, you point to Judas Priest as kind of bringing that forward. But what I think Maiden did a little bit better was that they removed themselves from their punk and rock roots better than Priest did. Priest have always maintained a little bit of that rock and roll sound throughout all of their albums, except for Painkiller. Painkiller, they went full tilt, 100% heavy metal. Agreed. And it was completely devastating. But Maiden, in terms of when you're looking at who's the best metal band, you have to look at who's also purely a metal band. And, of course, you have those two Diano albums with a little bit more of the punk influence and everything. And everybody gets a pass for their early days. 
removing themselves from their influences and becoming their own. A pass. Those are still the, my favorite two Iron Maiden albums. They're still the oh, two boy. best. This is going to be a the long first podcast. Two, yeah. Interesting. First two are the best. Ask. Look, you don't have to take my word for it. Just ask Carrie F and King which are the best two Iron Maiden albums, and he'll say you straight. Well, he's the bigger he's Priest a monumental fan than Maiden Priest fan. fan though, right, so. but he'll tell you that the first two Maiden albums are still the best two Maiden albums. Mm, I'll disagree we'll with that him. all yeah, day. Yeah, all right, you wouldn't disagree if Kerry was sitting here. Oh, just because yeah, I, I don't have tattoos on my head? Dude, uh, just because I'm, I'm wearing a Waffle House baseball cap? Kerry's <laughs> not going to hit anybody. He might bring some snakes, but yeah. no. Nah, I would say anything to That's Kerry. just my opinion, but, but, I, you know, but I, I love that they had that, those punk roots. And But I will say this. If they didn't move away from that, they would have never been as big. Absolutely. That's the truth. You sure. know, they would never have been as I love Deano. You know, I love those two albums. They're sacred to me because I'm twice your guy's age. But but if they had stayed with him, they would have never gotten oh, as huge as they are now. He's I mean, you look at the footage now and it's it's a challenge to really watch and listen to. Yeah. He was gonna be playing um someplace in Hartford. I was gonna go and I was like, I'll get drunk and sing Iron Maiden karaoke with Paul Diano in a live backing band, I guess. I'll just sing it from the crowd. And then the tour got canceled and all that stuff. But yeah, you look at what would have happened if Maiden stuck with Diano. It's terrifying. We and wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. No, I'm a huge, huge punk guy. Joe's, Joe can attest to this. I'm a massive yeah. punk fan. Grew up on punk rock. Still perhaps my favorite genre of music right there with metal. But even with that said, I prefer almost every Dickinson album over Iron Maiden and Killers, although I love Iron Maiden and Killers. Uh, and, you know, I really I really do love the sound that they had back then, but when I think Iron Maiden, when I really want to get myself into Maiden, for me, it's the big, epic, operatic, uh, progressive songs that really get me hooked. Even as a giant punk fan, even listening to old songs like Sanctuary, which is basically like a punk song with awesome solos. Yep. You know, for me, I just get off on that huge operatic feeling, and that's what I go to every single time I listen to Iron Maiden. But, you yeah. know, you're talking about that they, you know, that, that Priest keeps a little bit of a rock and roll vibe from the early days, but but Maiden has a prog vibe, so, you know. I, oh, totally. I, which, which makes them, which I would argue could make them less metal. But the thing with the progressive aspect is that when you look at metal, a lot of people really harp on the musicianship and prog is the essence of heightened musicianship and taking your playing and your songwriting, your structure, everything, your composition and elevating it beyond just the traditional realms. Right. But but also Maiden, you know, Maiden has, you know, their roots are in old school, like hard rock and roll, you know, mm -hmm. UFO. Yeah, Steve's I mean, a huge Genesis fan. Yeah. And Steve and Steve's also a huge UFO fan. And also, you know, the, the, the Love the, to Love is his favorite song. Is it really? What? Yeah. And obviously, you know, they play Dr. Doctor before every show for the last Everyone 30 years. And um, he was also, you know, obviously the twin guitars come from Thin Lizzy. So, you know, mm -hmm. that, there's is, that yep. connection. No, we have to address the twin guitar attack because probably the two metal bands that have done it best, Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, in my opinion. But who did the twin guitar attack better? Ooh, well, let's see. let's do it this way. I'll let you answer, but let's do it this way. When someone says, um, "Yeah, the du dual guitar attack and metal," who who's your favorite? Well, who do you say instantly? KK and Tipton. That would be my answer. Yeah, that's your. Yeah, like, I I, I go, I go to Adrian and Dave. But 
Adrian, that's a good answer too. I, but, I also got into Maiden before Priest, so that was my first so connection I. with the twin guitar. Okay, oh, all right. That was my first connection with the twin guitar, and that was the one thing like I heard those guitars, and that's what moved me and picked and really grabbed my ear for Maiden. So that's always gonna. I'm I'm never gonna. But would you agree that, that if we had a hundred metalheads in here right now and we went down the line? Seven out of ten, at least, would say KK and Glenn in, instantly those, off the top the, of their head. They're the two. They're the pillar. Okay, I'm yeah. not saying that. I'm yeah. not saying they're better. I'm not saying either one's better. I'm just saying off the top of your head, who had more of an impact? That people right off the top of the head will say KK and Glenn. Yeah, because well, you also had the '70s to work with. So Maiden were still gigging around England, True. and then Priest were just cranking out awesome classic albums right. that whole time. Yeah. Throughout this whole thing, I'm going to try to stay in the middle. I'll let Joe take. Maybe I'll take let you uh, Don take priest a little more. But as someone like looking, I'm gonna try to like remain objective. Stephen A. Smith and uh, yeah. Skip Bayless. Oh God! Metal. Please don't make me be Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try and remain objective. I think it's definitely KK and Glenn who did the twin guitar attack better. I feel like they did it tighter. They're more ferocious. They innovated that sort of uh, attached at the hip sort of tightness when it comes to advanced guitar playing and melody and harmonizing with each other. I feel like Even they, down to the stage moves, they rocked back oh, and forth yeah, in unison. That's true, too. And Visually, had, sonically. Also, you had KK and Glenn throughout the great majority of Priest's career, whereas with Maiden, you had a lot of years with... Uh, you had Dennis uh, Stratton at first, and then but then you had Adrian Dave Murray. Killers. Dave Murray was there since like '76, I want to say. Well, then you have a lot of Dave Murray and Yannick Gersiers, though. Yes, you do. So, yes, and, and those, that is absolutely got all the I'm 90s. I'm sorry to Yannick, but he does you not hold a can, He doesn't hold a candle to anyone else that we're talking about guitar wise. Well, I can't ever playing. tell if he's actually playing when you go see him live. The guitar is he's throwing it up in the air. Right. It's spinning around. He's dancing. He's on Dancing with the he's Stars. He's way down in the Do you remember that April? I mean, Richie Faulkner came in. He's amazing. And, oh, he's and incredible. And he took KK's place like like anything. Yeah. Nobody complained. Yeah, the girls came in and the whole mm. crowd went, why is he in the band? Truth. There's that April Fool's article that came out that he's actually been playing unplugged for like the last <laughs> oh, 10, 20 I, years. It wouldn't be an April Fool's <laughs> if you told me that. I'd be like, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Here's the thing though with Yannick. His playing, live, kind of sloppy. Some of the solos, I wish he gave back to Adrian. But let's just run through some awesome songs that Yannick has writing credits on here. Be Quick or Be Dead, Man on the Edge. If you want to just discredit the place thing entirely, nobody's ever heard go of, for go it. Ahead. Oh, you, come on, Be you Quick or Be Dead. When you start saying Number of the Beast, Power Slave. Even well, I got to start with the albums song. that he played on. Well, those aren't. So, there are better ones. You Ghost of the Navigator like off Brave New World. There you go. More, okay. song, more like it. Might be the best song on that album. It might be. Out of the side. But that's also like being the smartest Kardashian. Oh, you don't no, like Brave New on. World? It's all right. Oh, I it's love just I, I think that thing's a masterpiece. Just I. It is. So, Out of the Silent Planet, Dream of Mirrors, Monsegur off Dance of Death, probably yep. their heaviest song. Dance the song of Dance a good of one. Death. Good one. The mm-hmm. Pilgrim, the clo- Legacy, the closing track on A Matter of Life and Death. The Alchemist off of uh, the Final Frontier. And then the last one, and oh, The Talisman. There's four 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 of them in there are decent songs. The Book of Souls title track. Four yeah. of them are decent. So he's had a hand in writing some of their most popular songs since he joined the band. So if you well, want to discredit his none of them, I wouldn't play, say any of them are of their most popular songs, but they're good songs. Well the they don't play pop- any of those say, songs well, live. Well, since he joined the ones since the songs he, he wrote, the they band. don't even play live. 
Except for the Book of Souls, but they're on that. Yeah, right, they played right Ghost now, of the Navigator when they did that tour around the Final Frontier. They played the Talisman. They played it. the Pilgrim. They Look, they he's, an easy the guy. He's, an, he's definitely an easy target, and I get your point. Yeah. Um, and believe me, he could play circles around me, and I'm sure he'd be running around me in circles if he sure. was playing. Because God forbid, circles are definitely forbid, part of his thing. Yeah, God forbid he stands <laughs> still for two seconds, but. Um, but okay, no point taken on that one. But but you know, look again. Ri now Richie Faulkner has come in, and mm -hmm. you know every fan loves Richie Faulkner. Faulkner, I think it's safe to say, maybe half the fans like Yannick. That's probably true. Yeah, somewhere in there. And so, Yannick's had two two decades. Yeah, I haven't heard decades. a peep out of anybody about Richie Faulkner. Though Steve Harris no, said because no he one. played in Lauren Harris's band, Steve's daughter. Yes. So Steve actually said in an interview, if anything happened to one of the guitarists in Maiden, he actually had Richie in mind. Wow. So here's this guy who just growing up, it's like, yeah, I love Maiden. I love Priest. Like, well, you could probably play them both, dude. Yeah. So. Well, KK, I mean, gigantic shoes to fill. And the fact that nobody ever complains about Richie Faulkner, except for maybe uh, like the writing on the new record, maybe, even though the new record was all right. It was, um, it was okay. It was okay. Uh Definitely 21st century material. I don't know that this may not be a big part of the debate for you guys, but 21st century material—you got to give it to Maiden, right? I mean, we're looking at a band. What a band has done over the last 17 years, and if I mean, I'm not. Well, no, we got we, we could go down so 20, and go go and compare classic albums. I mean, that would yeah, we're be definitely going to get there. To, probably a better to, way. Try to to figure out because look, they're almost opposite. It's sort of like you know, I mean, look, pre started you know with like Rockerola and and Sad Wings of Destiny and Sin After Sin, which are all good albums. Well, you know, with the exception of Rock and Roller, eh. But ah, just, but there's also in the one. age where the production was bad, you know, and they definitely suffered from that. When Naden came, at least. At least it was there was a, already sort tones. of yeah a more modern recording technique. So some of those early albums, but then when you still look when you start getting from Hellbent for Leather on, it there's there's such a cluster of great albums in there. Not a big Sad Wings fan. No, or no, I, there's great okay. songs on there. Yeah, and there's great songs in Stained Class, class but they're just, it's just amazing. a tough tough production. Okay. You know, they could have. Mm -hmm. They could have easily. Obviously, if that those albums came out ten years later, I think production-wise, Hellbent for Leather or Killing Machine is um, that's where the, where they actually got a good tone. That's yeah, they got a little bit more of the roaring tones instead of some of the thinner stuff like on Stained Glass. Yeah, like you listen to the lead on Saints in Hell, like it rips. But just imagine like what it would have sounded like with some actual balls behind it. Yeah, or Beyond the Realms of Death. That's that solo. Oh. The both solos are now great, but the first like, one. Yeah, it, you're talking like progressive. That's a fairly progressive song yeah. right there. But one one of the few real long epic priest ones, I would say. But that's a masterpiece. Of, it, when it comes to anything ever written, period. But uh, obviously, there's no argument when it comes to who's the better bassist, Steve, Steve Harris, Harris or Ian Hill. What? If, <laughs> if anyone <laughs> makes the argument for Ian Hill, Don's I'll a big slap fan of root them. notes. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but well, yeah, all right, and absolutely no debate. I, I won't argue it, but I will say this it's like it depends on what you need for your band. If you writer. need sexual bass gyrations, Ian Hill, <laughs> yes! your man. Yes, <laughs> he yeah. locks it down. That thing isn't just like an extension of his piece. Right. But but you know, but Steve Harris wouldn't wouldn't work in Priest. Is the point? You oh know no! I mean? Even though he's a phenomenal no. bass player, one of the greatest ever, he would He'd not have work to in hold Priest. Back to work in yeah, Priest, and though. that's where Priest still have that kind of rock and roll sound because you have the bass and the drums just kind of holding down the classic like. But the real, yeah. 
the real debate, I think, is Halford v. Dickinson, or even even pre-Dickinson. I mean, Halford uh, Diano. Is there an argument there? No. 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 Al Atkins Diano. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Mario Day and some of these other Dennis Wilcock. I think was another early Maiden singer. Dennis Wilcock. Really? I don't yeah. even know what. I they, think he was a guitar player, doesn't he? But it does Dennis Stratton? But it is Dickinson versus Halford. I, I really think it's a tie. It's just for so many different reasons. You have Bruce, obviously, with the longevity. He sounds, I was just watching footage last night, and he sounds better than he did last year after having a cancerous tumor on his friggin' tongue. Um, he lost it a little bit in the early 90s, and the huge touring around the world's going to do that to you. And then he tried to do a little bit more of the gritty voice, returning the old sound. But you look at even like his solo albums, like Accident of Birth, I think is his absolute best performance. He was 40 on that, and Halford was 40 on Painkiller. If you want to compare vocal performances Ooh. for age, I mean, well, they're they're really neck and neck. Obviously, right? But the pain, Halford, the vocals on Painkiller are amazing. They you can't are. mess oh, with yeah. Painkiller. One shot at glory. I still hear the better. How about the just the song Painkiller alone? That's the most punishing That's metal one song thing ever when written. When both bands get rip-roaring, Priest are miles ahead of like, just of Maiden. Like, like Bruce, Bruce, Bruce can definitely get up there, but I mean, could he get up there and stay up there like like Rob does in Painkiller? No, he couldn't so. do that no. falsetto no. stuff like Rob does. And then even if you look at Dreamer Deceiver off Sad Wings with oh. what Rob's doing there, like right when that solo comes in, he's just... I've never heard anything... I mean, aside from maybe King Diamond, I've never heard anything right. like higher up than that. You're soaring up in the clouds. Yeah, not that, technically you know. speaking for anybody who wants to be like, oh, well, he had an A7 and he had an A5. Like, get, yeah. get out of here. I can't. Look, I, I'm, I'm making the case. for uh, Personally, for me, I, lo- I love Halford better. But mm. in, if you, if we're, we, I can't debate who's the better vocalist. They're both phenomenal vocalists. Wow. They're both in their 60s. And could still uh, sing. Halford fifty nine this summer. Yeah, so he's the only guy made not in his sixties. Yeah, and Halford's sixty six now. And oh, on wow. his on yeah. their last tour that I just saw, his voice he was, was better than phenomenal. ever. Yeah, yes. we were at this show. It was what like a fifteen hundred cap at room the or something? The Paramount and small room for pre shit. Yeah, that's another. But, that's a weird thing though. When it comes to longevity, Maiden yeah. obviously have the edge because you can tell. Because Maiden are still playing arenas, Priest are no, Priest when are they playing, do play arenas, they're half selling them. Or yeah, or it's like the the five to eight thousand arenas, and Maiden are still playing fifteen, they're twenty thousand in Europe, 20, 40, 50, 60,000. No, Ma- Maiden's still the bigger band. There's, mm. there's no debate on that. You can't debate it at all. But also, but that's you know that to me that doesn't mean they're better. That's like saying Will Smith is a better actor than De Niro because his <laughs> last ten movies made more money than De Niro's. I mean, yeah. you just can't do it. Yeah, so, The Rock's a better actor than Al Pacino. It's it's not you apples know, and oranges. You can't go by that. What about stage presence though? Oh well, boy! Well, I mean, again, when it I, comes I, to the other aspect of being a front man, right? You know, look, I mean, you know, Rob with you know with the motorcycle, and then the whole just the image with the leather and all that stuff. He's really the like the power and the glory of heavy metal, and yeah. then Bruce is just an athletic front man. Right, that's a good way to put it. Mm. Yeah, and then you know, but and he, you know, for me, it gets the gags get a little goofy with Bruce, where he comes out in the he comes out with the. In the al- different outfits the and a mask thing and for the a trooper. Yeah, and... I mean that's all right. It's okay. So you you like get... Alfred's costumes and not 
Bruce's costumes. They they get a little sequence goof- over masks. They get a little goofy. <laughs> well, yeah, all right. And you come out with the power slave mask. I get the whole thing, but but it, yeah. there's there's a little there's too many gags to me for me. Okay, hmm. it's like with priests. It's just sort of like there's the image. There's the 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 outfits. You got the great stage show, and then like you kind of wait for the motorcycle, and the you know you're not. It's not the whole show. You're like kind of getting something new for each song. It's like it's not Broadway. It's metal. Mm. Mm. So you think it distracts a little bit from the integrity and the music being at the core well, of look, everything a little I, bit? I, well, I think that and the, and the guy dancing around on, the, on stage left the whole time kind of bums me out. <laughs> Back to Yannick again. Yeah, Jeez. yeah it, it is sort of a bummer. Like that's that's one thing is that I don't in a priest don't really have a weak link that people complain about. Of course, you know, Ian Hill's not going to make any best bassist lists or anything like that. But he that. doesn't do anything to bring the band down either. Right. Sexual There's no gyrations. <laughs> yeah. He, he may have come up with the gyrations of Judas Priest. He's the longest standing member, so he that may be him. That may be his big contribution to right, Judas there's Priest. Nobody, right, there's nobody bringing them yeah. down. No, not at all. So I mean, he could be adding more, but do you want him to add more? Just clarify longest standing member when we're talking about sexual gyrations. It always comes down yeah. to penises with this man. You have no Finally. idea. <laughs> How about drummers? I mean, can any... Can any of the priest drummers stand up to Clive Nico, and Nico McBrain or Clive Burr? I, I yeah, I I think so. Yeah, I, and I'll tell you, I, this is and this is completely unfair. I actually hear people kind of bash on Nico, and I'm like, Nico's amazing. Yeah, agreed. He's just got I, that swing that nobody else can touch. I I, and he only I, I, never, I don't kick. hear where there were these people. I don't know what. And these are Maiden fans that tell yeah. me this, and he I go, this one oh, kick what drum? They must yeah. just be. Attached to to Clive Burr till the death. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a I weird guess. thing, but I will look. I mean, uh, you know, to me, you know, Les Binks was the best priest drummer. I mean, Scott mm. Travis is awesome, but he, they just yeah. he can't play like he wants to play. Probably but he, he's mm. just kind of got painkiller, and that's yeah, that's yeah. He's thing. a straightforward, balls out heavy metal drummer. Yeah, he but he doesn't get to really play that the way that he you know that we knew scott from playing that's true you know back in the, the like the bracer x days yep. and all that stuff but you know a little I, less flair i think Le, you'd ask the old guys like me les banks was the man i know a lot of drummers who love les banks so but clive burr look, less of a sample I, I, size to work with with les too um two one two three on. on three it was on sin uh no that was simon phillips on sin after sin um les was on stained class he played on Unleashed in the East, which was He amazing. was on Sting Damn. Class and Killing Machine, Hellbent for Leather, right. whichever you prefer to call that one. Okay. So two of them there. Right. Sting Class, I think, is one of the most untouchable albums in existence. Yeah, yeah. again, you're right. With with production, that album would just be... And I like deadly. the old school classic production. You know, like back back in those days where drums were drums. <laughs> yeah, and I'm only... I'm going to be 28 and I'm saying this stuff. And drumsticks for penises. <laughs> yeah. Everything masturbating. <laughs> I've never heard that before. So no. I don't know. I look. I, it may. Uh, boy, you know. Look, Scott. If you put Scott Travis and and Nico next to each other with their drum kits and they had a drum off, it would be pretty darn close. You have to say. I, I feel mm. like. How about Scott where Eagles Dare had, though? 
Oh. That's Nick always like, oh, yeah, we heard Maiden have a new drummer, and then you put on Peace of Mind, and you're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Mm. Like, I don't think many people were really missing Clive after they heard Where Eagles Dare. Well, we definitely, we did top five, like, drum intros to on that metal show. and Yeah. I, that was one of them. If it wasn't number one, it was number was, two. Painkiller pain has got to be number <laughs> one. Painkiller was in there, too. Yeah, so you have that as well. Is know? there any better drum intro than Painkiller? Besides Hot um, for Teacher? I, I I would bring Painkiller over Hot for Teacher. Also, so Hot for Teacher you have to look is... at the time though when Hot for Teacher came out too. Totally, yeah. I, I mean, very true. We're more but... into metal, so yeah, we would say Painkiller. That's a good. But point. what would Pain... be more iconic? The Hot for Teacher one. That's probably true. that's the one yeah. where you if you said best drum intro nine times out of ten people would go Pain... Hot for Teacher. Okay, well Painkiller's that Painkiller never got played on the maybe, radio maybe either. That, so. uh, maybe that, that has right. more to do with my age, but. Uh, but I, we, me and Jim and Eddie went down to, to Fort Lauderdale where Nico lives, and we did a show down there, a stage show together, like sort of our little that metal show live on stage. Oh, and, cool! And there was a a, a Maiden cover band playing after really? us, and Nico came down and he got up and he, and he played awesome. and he oh played God. like two or three songs of them, and Made their he did day. they did Where Eagles Dare, and it was just like everybody just focused like a laser in. For that drum intro, it was mm-hmm. just like you knew it was coming, you know, and you had to watch him do it. I'm like, I'm standing like five feet from from Nico doing that drum intro. It was so cool. Yeah. At least to open the tour with that. Yeah. Like, good luck for the oh. next hour and a half, buddy. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think one of the harder questions to answer when it comes to this debate, if you take the entire Iron, Ma- Iron Maiden discography and you put it next to the entire Judas Priest discography, how do you pick... The best album, that yeah, I put I them side no by side. I put them side by side, and if that's because what's the criteria at the end of this? Like, who's going to be better? I mean, should we do want to go through the albums? They sure. we, they basically have about the same studio albums, same number. I think it's seventeen think it's like to sixteen. Yeah, seventeen right. to fifteen. Yeah, seventeen to sixteen. Well, I mean, if you're gonna bring out first of all, uh, let me put this out there. I don't think British Steel is that great. I don't Is either. Is that blasphemy? Here's think, why. Yes. Here's why. Okay. You're fired. Very, very, li- very little guitar leads. One of the hallmarks of Priest. And Halford sticks to pretty much the same vocal range. Then you look at like what he's doing on Defenders of the Faith. He does the gritty lower singing. He does the wailing high. He does like the gritty high. Like Defenders of the Faith is the quintessential Rob Halford Judas Priest album. It's my favorite Priest album. Yeah, so I agree with you on that. But what I would say is this: is like Priest has never done the same thing on on any album. So so that they decide to do a real compact mm. kind of, you know, this is yeah. this well, like Rob said, they were listening in. to a lot of Motorhead when they wrote that album. Which, yeah, I guess you could hear that. Yeah. So, sure. so I would. I don't take that as a negative. I actually take that as a positive because even even Turbo, which is the album nobody likes, to it's me, I like Turbo. I like Turbo, and I do too. Yeah. But 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 what I'd say is just like I would rather have a band try something different and and not have it work than if you I want do the same that. thing over and over. If you want the Wailing Halford, if you want the Twin Guitars, you're saying there's plenty of other Priest albums to go to. So why yeah. do you need one more when you could have something different? Right. Right. But if you take the monumental record, let, let's say if we're just doing the monumental, not the personal favorites, but the monumental ones, say a number of the beast versus uh, screaming you, for you vengeance, throw a same screaming year. for vengeance in there. You throw defenders of the faith in there. Power you throw slave, a power slave in there. Which is the best? I have no idea because neither of these bands have a perfect album. No. What? I don't think no. None of them have a perfect. I don't album. think anybody's got. 
there's an album always, on, on par with like Operation Mindcrime, whereas if you change anything about that, you're ruining that album in a way. Not to say Operation's a better album, but... Right, I got you. Yeah, in terms of just uh, creating something to absolute perfection, not one note can be stripped away from that record. Uh, I'd, say British, I'd say British Steel is. British Steel yeah. even? Oh, mm. man. Like, don't have to be old to be wise. You can so scrap great. that one for me. So great. You know, a lot of things. I yeah. mean, I'm just, but let's go Priest Maiden. Let's go Priest Maiden. So what are the, right, let's go down, let's go down the list. Rock, I mean, if you, you know, obviously Rockarola versus the first Maiden album. This, this is not going to be a contest. I like the first yeah. Maiden album more, way more than Maiden, Killers. Maiden Killers. Prodigal Son and Remember Tomorrow, those nice like 70s jams. You oh. know, but, but so, but yeah, if you go in order, Rock. Sad Wings versus Killers. Iron Maiden has a def- Iron Maiden's first two, what, what, okay, between Rockarola and Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Of course. Iron Maiden. Sad Wings versus Killers. Sad, Sad Wings. Wings. Wow, because see, I, I would be yeah. on the fence. I would be on the fence because I saw, I, see, I'm like you, even though I like Priest better, I was more into Maiden. When I got Killers, I was like, I didn't even, I, I knew about Judas Priest, but mm. I wasn't a huge fan until I went to see. You got that Judas- when it came out? 81? Yeah. Okay, see, that's different, though, because that's completely mind-blowing in 1981 when that comes out versus me in the early 2000s looking back yeah. on the entire Maiden catalog. That's true. Right, so I saw, I, I saw you know, Iron Maiden open for Priest on the Killers tour. Really? Yeah. Well, Priest was on point of entry, and, and they were with Deanna with Killers. Well, what did you And think that's of- when I became a Priest fan. The anniversary of that show is actually coming up soon. In Asbury yeah. Park, yeah. So then you so, have- so, All right, so now we're one to one. Are you going to keep score? Okay, yeah, sure yeah. thing. Because I think we're 1-1 one, one 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 one. now. 1-1. Right. One so then we Have go... We, did we both agree that it's uh, it's Sad Wings? I said Sad Wings. I, I said... I'm, I'll actually... I'm going to go the... I'm going to say Killers, actually. Yeah, that's pretty strange. All right, well then... I don't know. I guess Joe, Joe and I have the majority. It doesn't mean we're right, though. But... There there's no go. right. We're there's, not... There's, there's no going to be the end well, of this he's arguing against. He's arguing against his... His yeah. band, I'm arguing against mine. Which okay. just shows how much we of a fan we are of both bands. Okay. So uh, Sin After Sin. Versus sin Number of the Beast. God, don't even say Sin After Sin. No, don't Number of the Beast. It, as much okay. as I love Starbreaker and Last Rose of Summer. Number of the Beast. Stay in class versus Peace of Mind. Mm. If, if Peace of Mind didn't have friggin' Still Life on there. Or not Still Life. Uh, Quest Steel. for Fire. Quest for Fire. Oh, that's your conquer oh, on there? I have a jazz hands dance to Quest for Fire when I get real <laughs> drunk. Um... That could have been a perfect album, but st- uh, man, I'm going to have to go with Stained Class, I think. Just buy a pubic hair, yeah. Yeah. All right, so hold on. Joe goes Maiden, Priest, Maiden, and then... If I wind up taking more Priest albums than Maiden, wait, you, gonna... you're, you're putting it, you got to have to be the deciding vote on these. I you're might. the tiebreaker? I might do that. Uh, okay, hold we'll on. We'll call you the Starbreaker. Starbreaker. Yeah. No, it's Jawbreaker. Never mind. So, Don, you had Maiden... Then you no, had, the girls call me the jawbreaker. Yeah, I was gonna say, Graham, saying. you really think you're you can live up to the jawbreaker yeah, reputation? No, no, no. Well, not if it's against uh, Rob Halford. We all know what he's packing. Oh, yeah. Did you follow so, his Instagram? It's not the metal. <laughs> go- he's the metal god for other reasons. Did you follow Rob Halford's? Instagram? No, no. Oh, it's he's talking about getting reach arounds from like skeletons on bikes and free balling. The greatest and, Instagram profile. Oh yeah, it's incredible. On Earth. That uh, Rob Halford legacy. Yeah, yeah make sure you give that a follow. Good Unlike it, unfollow and then follow again. <laughs> After that, we are on Killing Machine, aka Hellbent for Leather, and Power Slave. Power Slave. 
Power Slave. Come on, Power Slave. Unless you want to start singing. You give me evil fantasy. Come on. It's got to be Power Slave. Come on. Rhyme of the Ancient Come Mariner, on. Ace is High, Two Minutes to Midnight, no, Back Power in the S- Village. Power Slave is is amazing. It's 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 Lost put, for Words, their last instrumental. Yeah, an instrumental, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah. What do you mean, whatever? Well, Made in killer instrumentals. Listen to Clive Burr's drumming on Genghis Khan. I don't it's care. like proto blast beats. I don't care that much. Don's thinking. It's tough. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll go. I'll I'll be fair. Power Slave. Absolutely. That's again, the again by a pubic hair right. for me. <laughs> but then you got British Steel versus Somewhere in Time. I want to not return. Even, not even. There's close. no argument to be made for Thank somewhere you. in time. Somewhere in time. Get the hell out of here, Joe. You, somewhere in time. Oh yeah. I already said. Way over British Steel. Somewhere in time. <laughs> oh, over no. British Steel. Oh, my God. oh yeah. My right, turn goodness. Goodness. Stranger in a strange land. My God. Stranger Oof. in a strange land. Oh. Yeah. Oof. I want to return to the somewhere in time my boss. turbo thing a little later. Th- this though, is where because made, they were released in the same year. Not going to win one one of these albums. I already. I I made it. Apparent that I do not think British Steel is that great, and I think it kills somewhere in time. Oh, you guys are somewhere. Fools. If, you're, if you're if you're going somewhere in time, I'm changing my vote from Power Slave no. to Hellbent for Leather. <laughs> yeah. But that's what it feels like to me, but, almost. Hold on, let's take an aside on this one though to also discuss the use of both bands going using synthesizers in 1986. Right, somewhere Priest in did time it once. Iron Maiden did Turbo. it for two or three albums, yeah. but they both went synth in '86 with Somewhere in Time versus Turbo. And come on, Somewhere in Time is a stronger album than Turbo. I don't think so. I, would, I love Locked I In. I love Out in the Cold. I love Turbo Lover. I love a lot of songs on that album. Well, but, and there's only, I would argue, there's sea of four madness. maybe good songs on, on Somewhere in Time. Somewhere in Time. Sea of Madness. Yeah. Stranger in a Strange Land. Wasted Years. I don't really like That's Alexander it. the Great that much. That, but that, that, you named the four. Heaven Can Wait. Nah. And then the other track oh, left is long. No, it's a fun right. sing along. I could do jazz hands to that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, really picking somewhere. So in time. so Brit- yeah. so two, there's two the for British Steel. On two for British Steel on that one and one. I know a singer in a maiden cover band who somewhere in times is favorite. Right now, I don't know about that. Oh, who are you associating yeah, with? Yeah, and singer what are they? For Rathchild. And how oh. high are they getting? All right, for all right. These conversations. So then we have Point of Entry versus Seventh Son. No question. There's there. no. Uh, Seventh yeah, Son. Seventh Son. Wow. I think Seventh oh, I... Son's the greatest album ever made in the history of forever. Wow. Yeah. Four, again, four really, really great songs on there. Oh, my God. <sighs> you serious? Yeah. On Seventh yeah, Son, fi- Seventh Son? Yeah, and they played all five of them live on that last tour. Oh, dude. The evil <laughs> that men do, Claire. I'm going Point of Entry. Prophecy. What? Point of Entry? Yeah. Desert Plains. Can I play is, with madness? Desert Plains is a great jam. Oh. Highway. Oh, heading out to the highway. Oh, that's another good one. Desert good Plains. One. I hate that song. What? I hate Wait, heading out to the highway. Graham, what about your favorite song on that album? I, I hate <laughs> Hot Rockin'. I say it all the time. I hate Hot Greatest Rockin'. music video ever made. Greatest That's music right. video ever. Yes. Let's the see. music video is excellent. Well, because he picked Somewhere in Time, I'm picking, oh. I'm picking Point oh. of Entry. Jeez. Put me down. Wow. My God. And then right. here's where it goes bad again <laughs> for Maiden. Bad, this is going to get fun. Uh, but Desert Plains, oof. But I mean, Killer. to me, to me uh, Seventh Son, like, damn near perfect concept album. It's a good album. Oh, it's a good album. It could All be right. the best. If somebody argued "Appetite for Destruction" as the best, I can't make an argument against it. 
but I still usually go with Seventh Son. All right, now we have no prayer for the dying versus screaming for vengeance. So no Ooh. no prayer for no prayer for the dying. Yeah. No. Yeah. Come on. Okay, I'm glad. But see, now we're in now we're in 1990 now, versus 1982. A- <laughs> so this is a li- this is yeah. weird and lopsided. But it was it's weird and lopsided the whole way. This is good. Boy. Because it'll it'll equal yeah. out a little later, but we'll right now you're about to take yeah. a beating. Yeah, it's Fear of the Dark versus Defenders of the Faith. Defenders. Defenders. I don't think we need By to even far. talk about that. We are not even going to talk about Fear of the Dark, except let's talk about Judas Be My Guy. That's a killer song. Mm. Turbo and X Factor. All right, well. Oof. Come on, it's Turbo. Turbo. It's Turbo. And I do like X Factor, even though it sounds like Danzig. I hate X Factor. <laughs> it sounds like Danzig is singing Blaise in Iron Maiden. Bailey. <laughs> I hate Blaze Bailey. If you ever had the morbid curiosity in the 80s of what Glenn Danzig would sound like singing with Iron Maiden. The worst. <laughs> Sleep worst, easy. Almost as bad as Gary Sharon. Almost as bad as Gary Sharon in terms of replacement singers. Blaze that's another. T- that's another discussion. Worst replacement. Well, it was cr- Maiden was almost playing clubs at that point. Yeah, with Blaze. Yeah, they got pretty small. Yeah, that was even with but, and Bruce. That's, uh, and that's not. Look, those are huge shoes to fill. So I don't blame it on Blaze, but these no. are not great albums. Okay, then you got Steve Harris's songwriting did him no favors either. True. Uh, we got Virtual Eleven versus Ram It Down. Come on. Yeah. Right, Ram It Ram Down. It yeah. Down. It. Ram It Down, Scott. There's so much stuff I love about it. There's a couple of like Hard as Iron. That's uh, that song rules. All right, very uh, metal. We've got like uh, a decade between these albums now, but we're still. Wait a minute, we got Painkiller versus Painkiller versus Brave New World. No, Brave New World, 2000. So well, I'm I'm fully Painkiller on that one. Oh yeah, and Brave New World is good. Dance of Death versus Jugulator. Now this is where Priest is going to take a beating. Sorry, Ripper Owens. (laughs) Yeah. I don't I like know so many people who either. don't like Dance of Death. I love that album. Dance of it's Death also the second Maiden tracks. album I picked up. So it was well, right when I got into them. Like yeah, six no, months no. after I got into Maiden, that album so came out. So it's Dance of Death versus Jugulator? I got to tell you. Don't. I got to just uh, by the slightest sea hair. Don't it's, do this. It's got to be Jugular. Oh, uh, Ripper Owens I like record, Cathedral Spire. I like record. Cathedral Spire. But, but the next one, I, the next one, the next reason. one's gonna go the other way. Do you really like? Oh. Let's talk about this for a second. Do you really think Ripper out sings Bruce on that record? Well, Jugulator I don't think it's about out singing, but I know. But, but yes, Ripper is a Ripper is underrated. He's great. No, he's he is absolutely. I wish they wouldn't multi-track his voice as much as they do. Even like the projects he's afterwards a great and singer. everything. He's a good singer, just standalone. You don't need to put ten layers of his voice on there to no. make it sound great. All right, I believe Priest is going to take a beating. Uh, yeah. So we've got Demolition versus A Matter of Life and Death. I can win this argument without anybody having to say anything else just by reciting this one lyric from the song Cyberface. <laughs> one of the Don't best act- Iron Maiden songs ever. Everyone <laughs> loves <laughs> that song. I always off hear people of, in the crowd scream, of, play Cyberface. Off of Iron Maiden's Demolition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't access the site or beware his megabyte. Oh. Game over, right? Come on. We're go we're going maiden on that one. Okay. Yeah. I'm Thank not you. I'm I'm not even gonna pretend. Whew. All right. Wiping right. the drop sweat off my face. Uh then we got <laughs> Angel of Retribution versus the Final Frontier. Final Frontier, I think, is like a masterful work. I love that one. It, 
Adrian's my favorite guitarist in Maiden. He wrote a ton of those songs. Final so Frontier got, is a, is is an excellent album. Finally, somebody Thank agrees. You. And 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 Angel of Retribution is a a good album. So I'm, so I'm going Maiden on that one. So let's. I, I couldn't believe when Final Frontier came out. I, I got to be honest. I, I was so sh- I was super shocked how good it was. I was like, "It's unbelievable." This is a good. really good album from beginning to end. There's so yes. much textured lead playing that's going on in the it background. It gets better there. and better as you go too. But yes. Angel of Retribution has Demonizer, and let's just not yeah. Let's just not not talk about that song because that <laughs> song rules. Well, that's the painkiller of the 2000s, right? Yeah. Mm. Well, that okay. vocal performance is sick. Deadly. The only thing we got left for Maiden is the Book of Souls. And then for Priest, we have Notre Dame and Redeemer of Souls. Let's do Souls versus Souls. Book of Souls ah, versus Redeemer sure. of Souls. Book of Souls kicks the crap out of it. Get yeah, out. there's there's a few things that I really liked about Redeemer of Souls, like Gates of Valhalla. My one issue is that it just felt pretty disjointed. It's like, here's a yeah. little bit of a throwback 70s song. Here's a painkiller styled one. Here's like a... Heading out to the highway type song, so it's cool, kind of just like as a a reflection of Priest's entire career, which I think is interesting. Also, the way that you have to just approach writing that. But the Book of Souls is just like everybody who'd been doubting Maiden for a while, who didn't like the Final Frontier, didn't like a Matter of Life and Death, didn't like Dance of Death. Like everybody was just kind of walloped in the balls by that one. I know. And look, and and for me, the the production isn't there on Redeemer, so I'll actually, even though to me, Book of Souls is just an it's an okay album. It, it's still better than Redeemer, so I'll I'll go Maiden on that one. All right. So we have another Maiden. So let's. So tally should it we up. reveal this at the end of the podcast? Are we at the end? I have? mean, I think we're coming near the end unless there's uh, another point that either of you would like to discuss. There's one, two major points I want to talk right. about. I will add these up while you're talking. Yes. It, one is keeping the name alive after these bands are gone. Maiden's going to be able to do that much better than Priest just by virtue of having Eddie. Their merchandising, they're, like Eddie's face is on everything. Yeah, but Priest They've will have Rob Maiden. Halford's Instagram page. <laughs> <laughs> You make it. You make a tough argument. Well, look, well, let's. Eddie is easily one of the greatest band mascots of all time of any type of music. But when the guy in your band is called the metal god, he invented the metal look. That, I mean, you got the leather and the studs. You know. But in terms of keeping the name out there, because one of the issues is after these bands aren't with us anymore, is how do we keep the name alive? So there's tribute events and things like this, but they don't get the constant press coverage that they did. And slowly the name just starts to kind of fade from instant memory uh, a little bit. I, I think they'll they'll both I think they'll both hang in there. I think, you know, the, the, the mascots aside, they should both be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I think both I, I think that's equal. I, I don't see your argument for the mascot keeping them alive longer when mm. when you have a band with a guy named the Metal God. I just have so many more merchandising opportunities and even like, like Maiden came out with a video game. Every level is named after a song lyric and you've got all these different playable Eddie mascots. There's just so much more untapped potential with Eddie because you could really take that and run in any direction because you're not exactly having to stick with just the music part. K.K. Downing has uh, men's cologne. Does he? That's right. Is that so what th- you're wearing right now? <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess uh, the other thing would be one thing that Maiden have done that really I haven't seen any other band do is repeat their exact peak touring days. 
they did the early days tour where they only played material off the first four albums. Then they focus next on the Power Slave era, and then next the Seventh Son era. So right, they always alternate. All, yeah, they alternate new Al- album, nostalgic. Then, yeah, new, I think that's but, cool as hell. And it gives all the kids like me who didn't grow up in the '80s a chance to see that exact tour. And it's not like, oh man, I missed out on Maiden's Heyday. Like, no, Maiden's Heyday is, and that pa- is happening that pa- right now. If you missed Power Slave, which obviously you did because you were weren't even born. Eighty nine. That stage setup was so cool. Absolutely. I've um, got the Live After Death uh, LP, so I've got the whole nice booklet and everything, the gatefold to, to look at. Yeah, and I think, like I said, I do think that's cool because then your fans know, okay, this is the Book of Souls tour. We're going to hear a bunch of songs off of that, so don't come expecting to hear a yeah. lot of the old classic stuff. Then they know the next year is going to be, okay, we're going to do, we're going to concentrate on this yeah. album. Now, with that said, if you look at the... Everyone who's seen the set list, you know, because of course with the internet, you after the first show, everybody looks to find the set list. Naturally. Everyone that's seen the Maiden set list has said the same thing. Ugh. I know four songs on here. They're playing, they're, they play about 45 minutes of new material, and then the rest, like hour 45, two hour set is all classic stuff. Which t- and then Blood Brothers being the only stuff from the Bruce Reunion era. But again, but again, for me, classic stuff is Power Slave back. Mm. Classic stuff for you is is Brave New World back. Classic stuff for me is still Seven Sun back. That's okay. what I consider the classic right. period. But if you really look at the set list, it's it, it, everyone's but sort of a bummer. Yeah. They've always right. they've always been heavy, and not many bands can be nearly forty years into their career, put out a new album, and play forty five minutes of new material, and have everybody in the arena singing along nah, with it. But they they begrudgingly. I would say a band that's I, I been around. I think those are casual fans, though, that are saying that. I, I think. I think. Like, that, oh, they're not playing "Run to the Hills." Like, thank God they're not playing "Run to the I, Hills." That I will. I will agree with you on. If Priest I never played well. "Living After Midnight," no problem at all. Yeah. Now, when they play it and you're there, you do get you into it because it's fun. But, but yeah, I I wouldn't have any issue. Like, obviously, I know that because of legal issues, they're not playing "Hallowed," and that's a it damn sucks. shame. But they've played that every tour, basically. Every tour except for that Seven Sun tour. That's right. the first time they dropped I didn't, it. I didn't shed a tear for for "Hallowed," but. So it doesn't bum yeah. me out, but you're, there are there are look there, there are some times where when I'd rather hear a band play something something off the new record if it's strong, then oh yeah, do I have to hear 100%. Run to the Hills again? You know, do yeah. I have to hear Living After Midnight again? I, I yeah. don't. If they play it and I'm there, I'm gonna get into it. But no, I don't need to hear those ever ever again. It's just I haven't seen another band that's able to do that and just go out and just recreate their early successes. And like you know, we're only gonna play out material from our first four albums and. Yeah, we'll fill a two-hour set with it, no problem. I think there's a better. I think there's a better balance the for cuts. bands around th- that have been around 35 years. You know, for your fans to not yeah. take up it, 45 minutes to an hour with new stuff. Maybe do 35 minutes of new stuff, 40 maybe. Hard yeah. when you got 10 minute songs. <laughs> this is true too. Right. <laughs> All right. Are right. you guys ready for the tally? We're ready. Joe, you had a tally of nine Iron Maiden albums. Seven Judas Priest albums. Oh, that is close. It's pretty close. Oh, my Don, God. <laughs> you had nine Judas Priest albums, seven Iron Maiden albums. Wow. So it was the exact opposite for you guys. Uh, me, on the other hand. The tiebreaker here. So we were tied. We, we, our arguments yeah. were completely useless because we yeah. tied. Shut this I podcast off right 10 now. <laughs> Iron Maiden records and on 11. my side, and 
Judas Priest. Six Judas Priest. Only six Judas Priest for me when comparing them. Uh, wow. But year by year. Or I demand a recount. I'm like, tr- I'm like Trump. <laughs> I, you know, I want to. I'm sorry. That's that's the thing. But. Hold on. Let's, let's have is... the very important virtual 11 or demolition <laughs> debate. Oh, my God. Oh, you're right. <laughs> let's just wipe, let's, but let's wipe, this, let's, let's wipe those off. Bla- Blaze <laughs> Bailey to... is Screw Blaze Bailey. I'm not picking any. Hey, we, can go the better repla- we know who the better replacement singer is. So yeah, we, that's I, not I, an should get, we should get extra points the for Ripper, that. But... The Ripper stuff yeah. beats the, the Blaze Bailey stuff hands down. Yeah. And what's interesting, at least for priests, is in the mid-90s, they were doing the most uncool thing of all by trying to go straight up heavy metal. Right. They didn't try right. to cater to any True. trends. Correct. Maiden didn't really cater to any trends either. Just kind of sounded I mean, like they cool. did because they cool didn't have us. a falsetto singer. It was cool, right? But I understand you're uncool to the to the world because but it, nothing it been, was as uncool as traditional heavy metal in 1995. Right, and but thank God they didn't go grunge because then you would have to deal with that. Like when Kiss went grunge in the 90s, it was like oof, garbage. Yeah, yeah. It was bad. So but one question that we have not answered that maybe we can finish <laughs> it on is what is the best album? Period. Between the Between two? Between the two. Stack them all. Which is on the very, very top? Will it be a Maiden album or will it be a Priest album? Well, I've, said, I've said Seventh Son is Seventh my favorite Son. album of all time. Seventh Son is Joe's top pick. And my top pick is Defenders. Defenders of the Faith? Yeah. I go back and forth between Defenders and Painkiller for my favorite Priest. Wow. Because Defenders, though, if it didn't have Defenders and Heavy Duty to close out the album, it's just like, boom, boom. Boom. Right. <sighs> but, I mean, you've got The Sentinel, which is Judas Priest's best song. Agree? Disagree? I, I could, you know, I couldn't argue against that. But, mm. but well, actually, you know, Free Will Burning, I would pick off, off that mm. album as the better song. Mm. I would pick The Sentinel, but Free Will Burning. But The Sentinel. The Sentinel just has everything about Judas Priest all in one song. True. If, if someone's if, like, what did Judas Priest sound like? like? Well, if you want the full... The full run of it, like yeah. Here's but the I just love that. I love that real fast singing and in, in free will burning. If oh. I had to look pick. before you leave us, I've been like, keep free. I sang yeah, that, yeah. Graham. That was your birthday at karaoke, right? I sang that drunk with a cold. Oh yeah, thank <laughs> you. Oh, that must have been good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, thank you. For I did painkiller at karaoke once too. Whoa. Yeah. Lost I, a lot gotta, of people. Left. I gotta say, if I had to, I love that. If I could only bring one album by a band either called Iron Maiden or Judas Priest to a desert island to listen to until I die. It would have to be Number of the Beast. Hmm. And that might be a boring answer for some people, but that's the one I've played the most. I've damn near destroyed that CD. Children, Prisoner, Hallowed. Oh, you know how much I love The Prisoner. Hallowed Be Thy Name. Again, we can uh, you can take Run to the Hills out of there, but so many people hate Gangland. I love that song. Oh, I do too. I don't like Gangland that much. It's ferocious. But you know what? Here's one last thing. I think Invaders could have been just completely stripped off that record. Great verse, awful chorus, awful opening track. Maybe the worst opening track to the greatest album ever. Yeah, we. I think we discussed that on that metal show. What a really such an oddball way to start the album. Especially back in the day of LPs. Yeah. You know, like when you have limited limited space. And then you put, you start it with Invaders when you could have started it with Children of the Dam. Children of the Dam would have been, that's definitely perfect. Children of the Dam is perfect at the number two spot on there. I know, I'm saying the Prisoner should have started it. 
Hmm. Imagine that, or we even, even just number the bees. Yeah, number the bees should have started it. Yeah, yeah. that's pro- that's. Imagine true. just dropping the needle and just whoa to you. Oh, yeah. okay, you're right. Yeah, you're you're dead right. Some Although people might the- not have made it past that little intro. Yeah, because like, that would have been like, see, that would have been up there with like Sabbath with the rain at the beginning of the first Sabbath mm, album. Yeah. Just that like, whoa, what this album's this album's gonna rule this. this and stage again, and made Yeah, that would have been everybody. Damn, nail. This. All right, best of the better invader song, Priest or Maiden. Oh, Priest. priest. Yes. Oh, priest. That's right. no contest. Small victories. <laughs> but imagine introducing Bruce Dickinson to the world with Number of the Beast mm. and that beginning verse and the scream. Speaking of Imagine, introducing yeah. Bruce Dickinson to the world, go and listen to Beast Over Hammersmith. It was recorded like just a few days before Number of the Beast came out. It's like, oh yeah, this little song called Hallowed Be Thy Name. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Oh, <laughs> uh, Children of the Damned, this new one. Yeah. And playing it to people who've never heard these songs before. And like you hear it and there's just kind of like this weird dead silence after they play Hallowed because people are just like, whoa. <laughs> and then they just erupt. So I don't know if we came to any definitive conclusions here. I don't think a definitive conclusion. I think album wise, it sounded like you guys had had made. We both had Maiden. You had Priest, but a lot of people listening probably have Priest over Maiden. The debate will never. Comment section is going to get good on this one. Be nice to each other. Yeah, (laughs) I hope so. Uh, thank you so much, Don, for joining us thank for this you podcast, guys, man. man. We appreciate your time. Again, Communication Breakdown, the new comedy record from Don Jameson. Just look for the mullet, and that's the record for you. <laughs> Pick that thing up. Available at all fine music retailers, online, all that great stuff. Don, thank you so much, man. We hottest, hottest, time. hottest daughter of any priest and maiden member, Steve Harris's Steve daughter. Harris's daughter. Yeah. Yes, I don't. I haven't I'll seen leave any it other at daughter. that. She used my chapstick <laughs> once. Rob Halford and would I make still have daughter. it. Yes, Rob Halford would make a beautiful, beautiful daughter, though. He would, I must say. All right, thank you again, Tom. <laughs>
and that uh, was his favorite song. At least that's what I've read probably on some forums or something. I still hate that song. Man, I'm it's sorry. Such a great still, song. I love Wasted Years, but that's it. That's Caught, where it ends for me. Wasted Years I actually used in my senior uh my senior quote in the yearbook in high school. It was the chorus for Wasted Years. No. But what about Caught Somewhere in Time? No. Just Dude. don't know. The answer is no. With that the clanky bass. The answer is no. But you like Seven Sons, so it's not the synthesizer. I love Seven Sons. So it's Sun. not the synth or no, anything. I, I didn't say it was the synth. But, I said it's the songs. I just don't like the songs. You know Bruce wanted to record an acoustic album with Maiden after Power Slave? Oh, and you know, then, Journeyman's not that bad. Uh, yeah, well, that came way later. And then Steve yeah. was like, huh, no. And <laughs> that's why Bruce has no writing credits on the album. Well, I don't know. I, maybe... Maybe I would have preferred to hear an acoustic Maiden album. Probably in 1986? not. Really. N- no, not not in between. Because today you would be wondering, oh, what would have happened if they didn't write that acoustic album? Could we have had one more super glorious Bruce album? The answer would have been yes, because they would have written Somewhere in Time, because it is a glorious album. <sighs> I just don't like Somewhere in Time. Sorry, that sucks. I suddenly have an extra ticket for Iron Maiden now. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Loudwire Podcast. Please leave your comments below because we want to hear what you have to say. Please head over to loudwire.com for all your daily rock and metal news. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Follow me. Graham. That's, yes. That's your name. On Twitter, at GrahamWire. And follow me. Easy there, Graham. I got it. Okay. Joe, Thanks. at Ice Nerf Shatter on Instagram. It's a Godflesh song. And Rob, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I love I love you. I love Judas Priest. Maiden. They were they were just there first. I'm sorry, Rob. They weren't there first. For me. Oh. Gotcha. For me. And make sure to follow Don Jameson on Twitter at real Don Jameson. That's it, everybody. Spell Jameson. J-A-M-I-E-S-O-N. Thank you, everybody. Tune in next time for another episode of the podcast. I don't... So you messed me up. I want to say see you next time. Yeah, last time But then time last you said, time you're like, that's not right. And you're like, damn it. You're it's correct. Not, it's still not right. You will hear me next time and I will see your comments. There you go. Later, everybody. Later. Have a good one. Great to watch.